0: Well, God bless you. When uh, we knew that this uh, day was coming, we started praying, and the Lord really put on our hearts to speak about unity, the power of unity. Psalm 133, verses 1 through 3 say this, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon. Descending upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. There is a special anointing that comes upon the family of God, the church of Christ, when we dwell together in unity. This scripture tells us that, it, that God commands his blessing, even life forevermore, when the brethren are one in Christ. The church needs to be unified in its mission to spread the gospel and to bring healing to the world. That's why we are here. That's why the Church of Christ is here to bring the gospel to the world and bring healing. Here we are, the Church of 2020 AD, still building his church, still building the kingdom of God, and it's all because a group of believers stood together in unity almost 2,000 years ago, AD 30. We know that Jesus ascended, and before he ascended, he gave this final commission to all of us. He said, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he said, go and tarry into Jerusalem until power from on high comes upon you. That's exactly what they did, 120 in one room, in one accord, and the Spirit of God was poured out, and then out, they came out of that room, and there was a group gathered there. And uh, Peter gave a message, and 3,000 were added to the church of Christ on that day alone. Isn't that amazing? The power of unity. It was the birth of the church. They were unified in their pursuit of God and in their passion to reach the unbeliever. That was their heart cry because it's Jesus' heart cry. Unity empowers us to reach further than we ever thought possible. How many of you have ever gone bungee jumping before? Only a few brave souls. I can understand why. When I went, it was about... 30 years ago or so, so it was a little sketchy uh, just even uh, doing that, but I remember getting to this place out on I Drive, and they kind of put me on this platform and and, and attached something to my ankles where the bungee cord would go, and, and they hoisted me up on a crane. Very, very, very uh, rudimentary. And uh, then I get up there, and I'm looking down, and I look at the guy, and he's like, jump. Okay, you know, I was right with Jesus, so I was like, whatever. (laughs) And I took my leap of faith. What's interesting is this, look at this bungee cord. This picture I've got of a bungee cord. You see that? That's what the inside of a bungee cord looks like. So what's amazing is this, they're made up of hundreds, maybe even a thousand uh, little rubber bands that each one can actually, you pull that out and you can snap it with your fingers. But together, it will save somebody's life. It's a perfect picture that we are stronger together and can reach further when we are united. Unity is powerful. When we're united on the inside, we can have greater impact on the outside. There is power when we stand together and step into the mission that God has for us as his church, as his bride. Look at John 17. A couple of verses here. Jesus is praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. And, and you know that this was a, a stressful time for him. He prays this. He prays that all believers throughout all of history, all of time, would demonstrate a supernatural unity. He emphasized this, that this kind of unity it was going to get the world's attention. Look how he prayed. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me and the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. Listen to this picture of intimacy right here. I in them, you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. So who makes up the church? I'm going to clarify this. Who makes up this body of believers, the bride of Christ, this congregation? It's all those that would be his, all those that call upon the name of Jesus as Lord Globally, we're part of this beautiful bride, and then locally, we're faith assembly here in three campuses here in town and online and and in different parts of the states and even countries around the world that people are watching from. But I'm not saying that all religions now are supposed to be one. No, not all religions are going to see heaven because not all are His children, I saw a very high-profile religious leader look at the crowd and say, we're all God's children. No, we're not. We may be part of His creation, but we're not all His children until we call upon the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, as Lord (laughs) of our life. There is only one name that saves man, and that name is Jesus Jesus, the one that came from the heavenly Father, that walked this life perfectly, that went to the cross obediently, that was raised gloriously and ascended majestically, that Jesus is who we're talking about. So we hear this passionate prayer desire from the, from the Son of God right before his unwarranted arrest, mockery of a trial, and the most brutal death that history has ever seen. So we can't dismiss this prayer, this heart cry of his, this was more than just a longing, his desire for us to be one. Jesus wanted his church to be so loving, so forgiving, and so united that the secular world would take notice. There has to be something different about the environment here. When someone comes that is unchurched or doesn't know the Lord, they need to be able to come in here and sense something different. And that's happened. We've heard testimony after testimony of people that walk onto this property and to the other campuses, and they're like, there's something different here. Yes, it's the unity that we have in Christ. Amen. The world, the world is unified. Yeah, but it's, there's a portion of the world unified in its dysfunction. There was another time in history that the world was united. That man was united. And it was shortly after the flood, the world came together, mankind came together, and they said, you know what? We can become like God ourselves, and we don't need God. So they started making the Tower of Babel. And God looked down and said, look, they are one. And look what they're doing. They had the wrong intention. They said, we can ascend the heavens without God. That's like trying to get peace without the Prince of Peace. The world is seeking peace and justice, but only Jesus offers that. When a church is united, the world will take notice. God desires His people, His church, to be real and not just one show. This is not a show. We are not supposed to come into this uh, to this church and 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 just put on a happy face <laughs> and just fake that everything's okay. Not at all. We're supposed to, yes, things are going to go well, but when we're struggling with trials and tribulations, we are to bear one another's burdens and share with one or two trusted brothers and sisters in Christ and say, uh, I'm struggling right now. Let's pray. Let's unite in prayer. Why? So that the world may know that he was sent by the Father. Unity demonstrates to the world that something supernatural is at work in our churches. It models to the world the undivided undivided nature of God. So we, church, when congregations are, are united, we can model attributes of forgiveness, harmony, and agreement. And friend, that is something that the world is seeking right now, harmony, agreement, forgiveness. We may not be a perfect church, but we serve a perfect God. Family, we have got to cover one another with grace. Let it sink in. We're not called to just call everybody out and throw people under the bus and say, what's the matter with you? We are supposed to love and bring grace and bring restoration to people uh, around us. We've got to cover one another in grace. Jesus said this, a new commandment I give you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another, let me just ask you, church, are you loving your brothers and sisters and your family like Christ has loved you? You know what? How does it profit the world if we are wandering around in disunity? A fractured church can't fix a fractured world. A united church, watch what happens here. A united church, what it does, it provides an environment where more time, more energy can be spent focusing on the needs of those people outside of this organization, this church, than actually spending time scrutinizing and picking, nitpicking at one another, When we're united, we can focus on the real things that matter. Stop and think about this. The outreaches that have taken place over the last several months because of the the COVID outbreak. There was a need. People were losing their jobs. They they, They were sick, struggling. And the pastoral leadership and the leadership of this church said, we've got to do something. So we allocated a certain amount of money to just be able to help people in need. So what did we do next? We presented it to you, to the church. You know what we were able to do? We were able to do four times as much because the church got involved, became one, and gave. And it's still happening. Yesterday we were still giving out groceries. That's what happens. You know what? It actually reminds me of the early church. It reminds me of that Acts church. In Acts 4, verse 32, it says, Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own. But they they had all things in common. Church, I applaud you for giving, for getting in there and realizing there's a greater need than just ourselves. Let's do something. And we have been able together to reach thousands upon thousands of homes, people here in the community because of, uh, because of our united effort. The church should strive with God's help to be increasingly united And we may not walk in perfect unity, but we should strive to be more united. Our unity should be increasing as we mature as believers. Somebody say amen. Amen. Jesus emphasized that the church, the church unity was to be an earthly reflection. Listen to this. Church unity is supposed to be a, a, a reflection of The miraculous oneness amidst the diversity of the Trinity. You heard in his prayer, he said, Father, that they would be one as you and I are one, and you and me, and me and them, and them and me. We're supposed to be reflecting this beautiful picture of the Trinity. What did the Trinity accomplish? Well, just those major, major things like creation, They were there at creation, speaking the universe into existence. They were there at salvation as Jesus is is being baptized in water. We see him come up and the the spirit of God descend upon him and a voice from heaven say, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And then we see it in, in God's kingdom coming to this earth, righteousness, peace, and joy. Unity empowers us to reach further than we ever thought possible When I look at that picture of that bungee cord, what I envision in my mind is is us as a church going out and reaching people and then pulling them into the kingdom of God. But look, a, a church invitation to one of our campuses, that's awesome, I think that's fantastic. But can we take it a step further? How about saying, do you know that Jesus died for you? What do you say about Jesus, the sacrifice? And lead them. Have them respond. If you can lead them to Christ, awesome. And then, why don't you come to the church? Because we, we can help you grow. That's, that's our heart. I had a guy that, uh, that came to Michigan Street. We were uh, just giving us a quote for something. And he, was, he had mentioned, oh, you're back in church. I'm like, yes, and what church do you go to? And he says, uh, well, I'm of this certain faith, and, we just, and I'm like, I've never heard of that. He goes, yeah, it's... We believe in universalism. Everybody, all religions are going to go to heaven. And I just looked at him and said, but what about the sacrifice? He's like, uh, I said, Jesus, the sacrifice. Without him, no one can see the Father. And he's like, uh, 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 thanks. I'm like, he's never going to want to come see me again. <laughs> we are stronger, united. But we've got to proclaim the message of the gospel. Now. I found this little video that really demonstrates the power of unity and uh, it's actually a little bit cute. So I hope you enjoy it as Pastor uh, Jason comes. Hip
1: amen come on give it up for that yeah well god bless every one of you this morning thank you for being here and thanks for tuning in to this service there online at all of our campuses and i do want to give a special welcome to the red bug lake campus we love you guys and um it's been a joy to pastor there for two years and we love you so shout me down over there in castleberry we love you Well, God bless every one of you here this morning. We truly do believe that this moment can change your entire life. Somebody say amen. Amen. I believe that when we are united on the inside, we will have a greater impact on the outside. It is paramount that we remember the reason why the church was established and remember what we're doing here. I love this verse found in Philippians. Can I read it to you? It says this, live a cheerful life without complaining or division. The word division is the exact opposite of unity. So among yourselves live without division, for then you will be seen as innocent, faultless and pure children of God. Even though you live in the midst of a brutal and perverse culture, for you will appear to them, to the world, as shining lights in the universe, offering them words of eternal Church, can I tell you something? God has placed us here to be a light in a dark place. God desires to bring the broken ones home. It's easy for us to lose sight of the purpose that God has put on the church, the reason that we are here, what we're here to accomplish. We may have the wrong picture sometimes of what church is. What's the point of church? Why do we need to go? Is it important to get my kids out of bed? You get your kids up out of bed for school, We got to get our kids up to go to church because here they're going to learn something that's going to impact their life and also impact eternity. Sometimes we get the wrong picture of what we think the church is supposed to be. I heard about this dad and every weekend he would bring home a stack or a couple boxes of jigsaw puzzles. And on this particular day, that doesn't sound like a fun afternoon, but this was the family's passion. And they bring home a a couple boxes of jigsaw puzzles and they dump them on the table. And one of the sons went and he found one and goes, dad, I wanna do this one. He looks at the number count and it was a thousand pieces of the jigsaw puzzle. Like I need a thousand little things to be worrying about and stressed out about. A thousand jigsaw puzzle and the kid dumps them on the dining room table and they go to work. So 10 minutes go by and they're looking at the picture, they're looking at the box and then they're looking at the pieces. Where does this go? Here does this go? How does this get into position? and there are, about 20 minutes go by, 30 minutes go by, and none of them, they look back, none of them had put anything together. And then all of a sudden it dawns on the dad, maybe something got lost in the shuffle. They couldn't figure out where the pieces belonged. They didn't know what the purpose, what they were trying to build. And I love what happened here. The, the picture that they were looking at, the box, it wasn't the puzzle they were working on. The picture they were looking at wasn't the puzzle they were trying to assemble, And the reason why they couldn't figure out where things went and what the purpose was and what what was the whole goal of this endeavor was because they were looking at the wrong box cover. And I think that happens sometime in church. We can get the wrong picture of what we think the church is, of what we're here to do. And so many of us, we wander in disunity because we don't feel like we have a role or a position or a piece to add to this puzzle. Can I tell you something, friend? God has you here on purpose. God has something that he wants to accomplish and establish and declare through who you are. When we have the wrong image of what the church is, we will struggle to understand your position, your role. You see, God wants us to have the right picture of the church. You know, we come from many different backgrounds. We have tons of different experiences and opportunities. But I do believe that we all have one thing in common. We encountered the cross. And when we encountered the cross, everything changed. When we called on the name of Jesus, he completely restored us and made us new. He made us a beautiful thing out of the ashes. God can take a broken mess and turn it into greatness. Aren't you glad that God is for you, not against you? Aren't you glad that we have good news? Somebody say amen. You see, not all of us have the same story, the history or giants that we've overcome but we have something powerful to contribute to the kingdom of God. When we talk about unity, we need to remember that unity does not mean uniformity. Look around, we're all different, different experiences, different ages, different histories, different color skin. We're all different, but our power comes when we say, yes, we're different, but we're united under one goal, the name of Jesus. So many are lost, they're trying to figure out where they fit in, how do I contribute? Can I tell you something, church? Every person within the sound of my voice, even the ones who would say, I'm not a follower of Jesus, you're wondering where you belong, I wanna let you know something. You belong inside of the story of God. When we come together, church, hear me, we get to tell the greatest story that has ever been told, the story of the gospel. We get to tell to the whole world, that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. We get to tell the entire world that God is for you, not against you, that you are the head and not the tail, that you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. We get to tell the whole world that you might be broken, but you don't have to live that way. We get to declare to the whole world that our God became broken, so we became whole. He was an outcast, so you don't have to launder and be an orphan any longer. Aren't you glad that he is a God that died and set us free? Church, I have to let you know something. When we, that all of us, we are loved by our heavenly father and we are eternally redeemed through his son, Jesus Christ. When we are united, we get to lead the, we get to lead a broken world to a place where they discover their eternal value and their limitless potential. Are you with me so far? The more united we become, the more vibrant the hope of Jesus Christ becomes to a broken world. We can't lose sight of the purpose that God has called and placed on every believer. We have to remember why we're here, why we're here. The scripture says Jesus was preaching about the kingdom of God in Matthew 12. And he said, the kingdom of God is like a net. The kingdom of God is like a net. You see, a net isn't one piece of string, just like the bungee cord. It's thousands of twisted lengths of thread all coming together for a purpose. I believe that the purpose that God has placed on the church and the kingdom of God and placed on you is that we have been distinctively created to be plunged into the oceans to capture. Hear me, friends, just like Annette, and you see this photo here. If we're Annette, when we fail to come together, we leave an empty space in the purpose God is calling us to accomplish. I'm gonna say that again because that's a good preaching right there. Let me say it again. When we fail to come together, we leave an empty space in the purpose that God is calling us to accomplish. If we're the net and we say, I don't like that, or I'm not going there, or I kind of disagree with, with the way they set up that church or the way they're doing that production. When we separate as the kingdom of God, people are slipping through. God is calling us to reach and rescue the lost ones. Are you with me? There will always be things in the church that we fully don't enjoy or kind of just go, it's not my favorite. You see, I'm not talking about the problem of sin. If you go to if you're and and I want to tell you something, you are not attending a church that is not striving to live according to God's holy word. But if you go to a church and they are not declaring the unfiltered word of God, you need to run from that place. The scripture says that many deceivers will be in these last days. I'm not talking about the problem of sin, but I am talking about the distraction of preference. Watch this. Not the problem of sin, but the distraction of preference. Uh, You know what, Uh, the lights, I just kind of don't like those lights. If I were doing it, I would have no lights. We are the light. (laughs) I'm not talking about the problem of sin, but I am talking about the distraction of premise, of, 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 of preference, watch this, because if we're not I'm not coming together with that. I don't like the way, that, I don't like the music there. I, 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 I wish they would go back to singing the old hymns again. Why don't they ever sing those hymns? I, you know, I just kind of don't like that. It's too hot, it's too cold. I, I, I'm kind of uncomfortable. Church, hear me. We have to remember why God has you here. I can, I can only reach so many with my time, my talents, my experiences, my testimony. But when we come together, we can do so much more. Why are we here? The scripture says in Romans chapter 12, I love this, it says this, in the human body there are many parts and organs and each one has a unique function. And so it is with the body of Christ. For though we are many, we have been, watch this, mingled into the body of Christ. This means that we are all vitally joined to one another with each contributing to the other. Watch this. I love this. Verse six. God's marvelous grace imparts to each one of us varying gifts in ministry that are uniquely ours live happily together in the spirit of harmony and be so mindful of another's worth as you are your own. I love this quote from Helen Keller. She said this, alone, we can do so little, but together we can do so much. You see, by ourselves, we are strong, but together, I believe we are unstoppable. Church, why are we here? You see, the goal of the church is not to entertain you. We are here to empower you to go into a broken world and lead them to the one who heals the broken ones. A snowflake is one of the most fragile things in all creation. Everyone is masterfully crafted. It's so different and it's so small, but look what they can do when they stick together. When they come together, they consume cities. I'm believing that when we come together for the glory of God, we are going to see our cities saturated with the hope of Jesus Christ. I want my schools and my neighborhood and my family to look different because we are united under the banner of Jesus Christ. Church, unity is powerful. This next photo I'm going to show you is one of my favorite and strongest images depicting what the church looks like it's one of my favorites it's a a photograph of Moses but hold that photo up right there I was asked recently what my favorite one of my favorite characters in the Bible and I said it was Moses and the reason why I love Moses is because he was imperfect he had a past that had a lot of things that he regretted the scripture says that Moses gets angry he commits a crime he runs for his life for 40 years the scripture says that at a ripe, springly age of 80, he is wandering in the wilderness. So many times we think he only wandered in the wilderness for 40 years once. No, he did it twice. But the scripture talks about how Moses, watched this, the gospel is all throughout the scriptures. You just got to look for it. Here Moses is, he had had so much regret, so much pain, thought he missed his chance. 80 years old, the best years of his life have to be behind him. There's no way his future is going to be bright. There's no way great things are going to happen. And the scripture says here Moses is, he's wandering in the wilderness with so much guilt and shame and regret. But the Bible says that as he's wandering and as he's walking, the voice of God. Oh, watch this. I love this. The voice, the voice that holds the entire universe together, the voice that holds the entire planets in their particular place, the voice that holds the sun in its perfect position, this infinite, mighty, strong, enormous, powerful voice. Watch, 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 watch. It becomes small and it speaks to him from a burning bush. It became small, why? So that a hopeless man would stumble upon him in a broken place. That's the gospel, ladies and gentlemen. You might be here today and you say, you know what, I've lost it, I've missed my chance, I've blown my opportunity, I'm too old, I got nothing in front of me. No, one touch from Jesus Christ can change your entire world. The reason I love this photo, though, it's a great image of what the church is supposed to be. And this story found in Exodus 17, stay with me. In Exodus chapter 17, it says that Moses was commanded by the Lord to hold up his arms. And the Bible says that when Moses held up his arms, the army that he was leading would be powerful in battle. But the scripture says, because Moses was a human just like you and I, Moses grew tired. And slowly his arms began to sink. And every time Moses fell out of position, the enemy would advance on God's promise, would advance on the army of the Lord, so powerful. And I think there's a powerful principle just within that. When we fall out of the position that God has called us to, the enemy will grow stronger in our lives. When we walk away from the purpose that God has on our lives, we will have the enemy get closer and closer and lead us away. But the scripture says something so beautiful here and it's depicted in this image. The Bible says that there was a man named Aaron and a man named Hur, and they held up Moses' arms. They knew Moses would get tired, so they said, here, I'm going to hold you up. You see, we all need to be united with someone around us who will hold us up when we grow tired. You're going to grow tired, friends. We need someone to remind us of the person that God has called us to be. You see, that's what the church is. The church reminds us that we were created for more. Our faith community tells us, don't go back there. Oh no, you dated people like that before. You don't need to date somebody like that again. Oh, you used to hang out with those guys and every time you did, you were in bad places, doing bad things with the wrong crowd. Oh friend, you were created for more. You need a faith community to get around you and tell you, oh baby, you don't understand. That's who you were, but that's not who you are right now. There is a purpose on your life. There is a future for your life. We need a faith community and we need someone who will gather around us and say, I'm standing with you. You know, here's the truth. Sometimes we need to borrow somebody's strength, faith and courage until we can build some up of it again on our own. You might be strong today. You might be here listening to the sound of my voice. You go, hey, I'm strong. I don't need to go to church or I'm strong and and, and I I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. And I would argue that you would have a difficult time finding a scripture that supported that unbiblical point of view. But here's the deal. You might be getting something confused because when we start being a follower of Christ, we are no longer completely focused on ourselves. God calls us to be focused on others. You see, you might be strong and guess what? You rob me of your testimony when you aren't here. You rob me of your experience and your wisdom and your knowledge. You might be strong, but guess what? There are people in this room watching online at all of our campuses, and they aren't so strong right now. And how their life would change if you would just look at them and go, hey, I used to be where you are, and guess what? I held on to the promises, and even when I didn't see him, I knew he was with me. I need your faith, because sometimes I get tired too. Unity is powerful. And when we become a follower of Christ, we are no longer excessively focused on ourselves, we're focused on others. Unity is powerful. By ourselves, we are strong, but together, friends, we are unstoppable. This last photo I'm gonna show you as I pray, it's a photo that is at all three of our campuses. You wanna know why we opened up campuses of Faith Assembly? We were stretching out the net a little further what's amazing is this is on the campus and I'm praying that maybe you have your cell phone right now and maybe you'll snap a photo of that. Or maybe on your way off property today, you'll stop by it, it's at all of our exits. And you'll take a photo of that. The reason I want you to do that is because I want you to be reminded, why am I here? To be light in a dark place, to bring the broken ones home. Would you close your eyes with me, please? Father, I thank you for your word and your truth. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your forgiveness. At all of our campuses, bow your heads, close your eyes. Let me ask this question. Maybe you're here today and you feel like Moses did at our age of 80 years old. He was empty and broken. He was lost. He thought he lost his opportunities. He thought he would never be able to move forward again. And maybe you're here today. You say, I feel so discouraged and so weak. Does God love me? And I have some good news for you. I got the gospel. And if you don't know what that word means, that means good news. And the good news is that God can take a broken person and he can make Him into a masterpiece again. God can take you to places you never thought you could be. God can heal a broken heart. Let me tell you something. Your history does not have to determine your destiny. With Christ, we are made new. God does not renovate us. He doesn't just throw, throw a fresh coat of paint on an old shack. No, the Bible says that he renovates, he recreates us. God makes us new. Behold, all who are in Christ Jesus are made new. I got good news for you, sir. I got good news for you, mom dad, grandparent, young person. Good news is, yesterday does not have to consume too much more of today. God is calling you forward in the name of Jesus Christ. And with your heads bowed and eyes closed, let me ask this question. If you're here and you would say, Pastor, I've got sin in my life. I need to ask God to forgive me. Or I felt like I missed my chance. I felt like I was too old to do anything beautiful. No, baby. In Christ, we can do powerful, beautiful things for this world. And God is calling you to greatness this afternoon. And so today, if you need Need to give your heart to Jesus Christ, if you need to rededicate your life to Jesus Christ, when I say now, I want you to lift that hand up as fast as you can. Are you ready? Make this decision right now. You'll never regret it. Right now. Hold your hand up. I need to give my life to Jesus. Anybody else? Anybody else? Hands up all over the sanctuary today. I'm blessed that you're here. I want to pray for you And just going to Hold that hand up. Hold it up. Hold it up. Hold it up. You know what you're saying? You're not holding that hand up for me. You're just saying, hey God, here I am. Here I am. I'm broken and I don't have it all figured out, but I'm following the king and I want to follow the one that does. Hold that hand up. Praise God. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Would you do me a favor all across this room? Can we stand? And at our campuses right now, our youth pastors are gonna take over the service and resume it. We love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. We pray blessings on you. But here, right here at Curry Ford campus and online, I wanna just do something so powerful just for the next minute or so. I wanna invite you to this altar. If you lifted your hand, I wanna invite you to this altar so someone can pray for you. Our prayer workers, they're not gonna get too close, they're gonna be wearing their masks, they're not gonna make anybody feel uncomfortable. But When I say the word go, I want you to come out of your seat and join me right here at this altar. I would be honored to pray for you. Guess what? Your life's getting ready to change. Guess what? A voice out of a ball of fire is getting ready to say, oh baby, there's such a beautiful future for you. I'm so excited about where my grace is going to take you. When I say the word now, I want you to make your way from wherever you are to this altar. We're going to join you as our pastors begin to lead. Come on, begin to make your way to this altar right now. Come on, sing this with us. Jesus, (laughs) Jesus. <laughs> Jesus,
0: Jesus,
1: Father, we love, you, we, love you, we love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. We love you.
0: We
1: love you. We love you. Come on, join me at this front. Today's the best day of your
0: life. <laughs> Jesus, 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 you're my, you're my hope. You're
1: my friend. You're my peace. You're my, <laughs> <laughs> my joy. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus hallelujah come on somebody get excited about what's happening in this room right now. Prayer team come and let's begin to serve our brothers and sisters. Hey if you're still watching live right now in a moment I'm gonna lead you in this prayer. Hey guys guess what this is what that photo says go into all the world. You are now entering the missions field. This is our missions field. Look at me. If you're at this altar, I want to simply say this. I'm not better than you. I called on Jesus and he changed my life. And there is no respecter of persons in God's kingdom. What I have from God, you can have from God. He's for you, not against you. If you're at this altar, here's what I'm going to ask. If you'd turn your attention to the platform for just another moment, all across this room, would you place your hand over your heart? I'm just going to lead you in this prayer of salvation. I want us to all say it. You remember when you first said this prayer? You remember when God found you in a broken, dark place? Aren't you glad somebody didn't write you off, but they brought you into a place where you could hear the message of Jesus Christ? Hand over your heart and I'm going to pray and we'll be done in just one moment. Say this prayer out loud with me. Say, Dear Jesus, thank you for your grace. Thank you for dying for me. I believe you are the Son of God. You became broken so I can be found whole in this moment. Jesus Christ, cleanse me of my sins. You died for me, resurrected for me, and now you're fighting for me. Lord Jesus, heal my heart. I give you complete control. Rearrange anything you want in my life. Remove anything you want in my life. I give you everything, Jesus, in your name I pray. Somebody say amen, somebody say amen, somebody say amen. Church, we believe that if you said that simple prayer that you are now a follower of Jesus Christ, you are no longer an orphan, you are a son and a daughter of a most high, unstoppable God. Church, if you just said that prayer, here's what I want you to do. I want you to text the word SAVED to 407-275-8790. We're going to leave that up there for you. Text that word and someone's going to get back to you immediately and just send you one more text about what your next steps need to be after being a follower of Jesus. Also, for 30 minutes after this live broadcast, We have a prayer team ready to receive you, ready to join with you and just agree with you in prayer. So for the next 30 minutes after this live broadcast, I would love for you to call that same number. We got a prayer team that would be happy to pray with you and stand with you. Faith Assembly, we love you. Go out there and be a light. Go out there and be the the light and salt of the world. We love you. God bless.